0: Go.
1: Hello and welcome to From the BLN, the Burnley podcast. Uh, No Newsnight-style intro this week, which means that there's no Simon Evans. Uh, Earlier this week, he was commenting about how we should hear from Chairman Alan Pace. Well, we're not going to hear from our chairman, Mr Simon Evans, this week. (laughs) But I am very pleased to say we have got a very special guest joining us, friend of the podcast, uh, and the Athletics Burnley correspondent, Andy Jones, is joining us. Uh, Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, Alongside the usual pod squad, Justin Connolly, Paul Woodhouse uh, and Chris Borden. Um, The Clarence don't play until Sunday, so we've not got a Vincent press conference to uh, to take the mickey out of and dissect word by word this week. Um, But because we've got Andy here, we thought we'd kind of... Ask him about how he feels Vincent has changed, perhaps his demeanour in those press conferences uh, and a a few other bits as well. Uh, And look ahead to, of course, Sunday's game uh, against Bournemouth, which um, somebody rather, um, I I think, more out of hope or, or desperation text me today saying, the Phoenix will rise. Um, I'm not quite <laughs> sure. The, we keep talking about false dawns and things, but um, <laughs> it is a good opportunity, isn't it, Justin, to, to, to kind of restore some pride, if nothing else, against a team that's woefully out of form.
0: Oh, yes, it is. But how many times have we been here? How many times have we got one of these games where it's uh, it's not one of these games that we're beaten already before we go out on the field I I I just want to see a little bit of a reaction I just want to see you know the the players show um a little bit of pride in wearing the shirt and put put the put the shift in do the work do the running it, it you know I I can take it if we lose if we do that you know um I'm not expecting much else from them but that's the bare minimum that you've got to see isn't it and you know, it's about time that that these the these players who were paid an awful lot of money to wear a Burnley shirt um put in the same amount of effort as the as the you know, the, the hundreds of Burnley fans who were gonna make make the make the trip to the turf on Saturday on Sunday and and, and, and back them to the as they always do.
1: Yeah, and, and Woody, um, a lot of talk this week and a lot of talk on this podcast about feeling detached from this side. It, it does feel like we need a performance to try and, I don't know, almost kind of, I don't know, sink back up almost, doesn't it?
2: Almost, almost, and I'll be rising like a slightly odd phoenix and it's on at eight o'clock in the morning over here. So I know <laughs> it will have all gone to shit by about quarter past eight. So, <laughs> yeah, we I mean... Yes, we need something, and uh, even a half-decent performance, I don't know, will go too far along the way to repairing, I think, what's becoming an irreparable season. But uh, it would be nice to see something to latch on to this week rather than the same old, same old. Mm.
1: Yeah. And before we uh, before we bring Andy in, Chris, you had a kind of almost, you were resigned in terms of, look, I'm at this point, I'm not really kind of, you know, bothered whether Vincent stays or whether he goes. And you were kind of a bit, I don't know, like a lot of us, a bit ambivalent towards the rest of the season, but a good performance with a run of games. And I know we keep saying this, we just need a run of games after Bournemouth. Could just give us a bit of a timely boost, couldn't it? In terms of going into a run of fixtures where, you know, even if it doesn't save us from relegation, at least makes it look respectable.
3: Well, this, this, you know, it's the old cliche, isn't it? About like I say, I don't, I don't think it's a cat in L's chance of them staying up, even if Forest deducted points. But uh, it's, you know, the, the, the cliche is, well, let's try and end the season well. And we don't know how many of these players will be here next season. We don't know if the manager will be here or how long he'll be here next season. You know, but yeah, uh, I look back to sort of Stan Turner's first season. It was, you know, beset by <laughs> from all sides by uh, you know he he sacked the players early doors, sacked four of the players, and they got walloped five and six in back to back home games by Gillingham and City and then lost to North End. and But they went on a run of, like, 11 games and it sort of, like, set the set the tone for the season after. And I think you can sort of... You can do that to an extent. And uh, it's... I mean, for, for... But ultimately, I mean, it's a bummer for a season better than most people expected. The new manager's had a great, great impact. Solanke's, you know, whether he's fit or not, he's uh, fulfilling the potential a lot of people thought he had. But... Uh, Good grief. You know, if Burnley, in the current predicament, can't beat Bournemouth at home, then there's no hope for them. You know, there's a championship side they won at their place last year in the Cup, you know, and they, you know, Bournemouth were probably the better side down there. But, you know, Burnley should have been getting a result out of there and might have done with a, a VAR call or two. But, uh, yeah, it's, let's see, whistle goes and, you know, the, 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 the backing, the support will be there again. And we just want to see, like, you know, wholehearted, committed uh, display, and let's see where it takes us.
1: Definitely, um, we're going to bring Andy in now to cheer us up. He's going to tell us how <laughs> Vincent Company is in all these press conferences before the cameras roll. I know he looks kind of downbeat and, and you know, and, and slightly depressed in the actual press conferences. But have you noticed a shift in his kind of demeanor? I mean, last season, of course, he's a bit you know, laughing and jokey with, with Phil Bird when he was doing the questioning sometimes that, you know, we saw. But this year, he, he just, he looks like he's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and sinking further into his his chair. Is that the kind of impression you get being at the press conferences down at the training
4: ground? It I think it, do, it does feel a lot more business-like and I think that, that's understandable because, it, I mean, quite frankly, there isn't anything to laugh and smile about at the minute, is there? Or well, there hasn't been for all season. And, I think it's one of them with press conferences, is that, I mean, he has been asked the same question a lot. <laughs> it's fair to say because that's the theme of the season and that's the way it's gone. And there's not been any point where Burnley have put a run together to sort of, you know, in, especially in terms of results that have been able to to sort of lift the mood. There's been performances, but you know, you can only you can only talk positively about performances for for so long, and and we've seen that because he's talked about. The span of the sort of 12 to 16 games he's referred to before Arsenal, where largely you know performances were okay and you know in games they were unlucky not to get points. But then as soon as that ends and you go back to the way they've gone in the last two games, then it becomes very difficult. And yeah, it's, it, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a massive change, but his demeanor he's still in the way he answers his questions, he's he's still very thoughtful and very. You know he gets a little bit prickly with with certain ones but not not often he's, he's usually quite measured it's it's more after the game where you I think you're beginning to see a little bit more of the the frustrations and um I think the reality is you know hitting home harder than it ever has um about about the predicament and and probably the the struggle of because I, I think while it it might not look as as such because of results and and performances they have tried to tweak things and they have tried to to change things, to get results, and um, I know that you know the lineup has, has been the most recent or one of the recent complaints about it not changing. Um, but they sort of found a way by not do, by not changing around at December time when they finally got a, a team of about eight or nine together. Um, but I think that's the problem is. I think it feels to me like he's at a little bit of a point where I don't I don't know what to do next. Now he, of course, I'm sure will push back on that and say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that and don't worry about it and, you know, we've got a plan. But it, it does feel like, he, like because when you go through it, what else can you try mm. at this point? It's got to that point of the season now where it's, you have tried your, your different, you know, your different personnel, your different systems to an, to an extent, different styles of trying to get into games and, and win games and, and none of it's worked. So it's... What's your next plan? And the problem is, is that there's no time to test that plan. You've got to win the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, there's still, there's still every now and again, a little, a little smile and a little joke. Um, but it does feel a lot more businesslike. But I think that is, I think it's a lot easier to have a have a bit of fun when you're winning. I think it's, I think that ultimately is what it comes down to. And and while there might not be necessarily the pressure in the sense of you know is he going to have his job by next week or or not, he will be feeling the pressure because he knows that. He's got to somehow find positives to take, even just take into next season, regardless of what division they're in, and, and he's got to keep searching for that positivity. And that's why the answers, which may become annoying for fans, um, in the idea of the developments and all that type of stuff. Well, he might. He has to still believe in that, and I think he does believe in it. But you can, I think, you can see that the seasons worn him out a little bit, um, and it's it's what you do next.
1: Yeah, and and Justin, I mean, you famously said ninety nine percent misery. I mean, you <laughs> you had a, a a glorious full head of hair at the start of the season. And you, <laughs> you've now, um, it, it, I think Andy's right though, doesn't it? It does feel like the season has worn Vinny out. I mean, he's looking a bit older. He's looking like he's not sleeping as well. But but I guess yeah. you know Andy mentioned there. Look, they have changed personnel. But if I was to say to you, pick two players that we haven't changed. Which two players would you be picking out? Just at a guess.
0: Um, well, uh, one of them is going to be the goalkeeper. Correct. <laughs> um, the other one. Um, who's the other one? Am Dooney. Of course. Do Amduni we? Dooney Trafford.
1: And I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna ask um, Andy this, but as well, but I'm gonna ask everyone. I, I, we, I've kind of, you know, we we keep talking about Am Dooney, and he's kind of, you know, I know I refer to Josh Brownell as the. Insert expletive ghost. Um, but I'm almost you know, he is literally a ghost, isn't he. I mean, Andy said last week at Crystal yeah. Palace before we came on air, they were they were trying to work out who'd been sacrificed yeah. for Josh Cullen and had to go down the list. And it was only then that they realized Dooney <laughs> was even in the starting lineup. He, you know, we yeah. that before, but there are still things Vincent can do to try and get not if not the season back on track, try and end the season on a high, as Chris said, you know, is important, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's difficult to lay the blame for what's happened solely at the feet of two players, isn't it? And I, I, I do think that Trafford's had kind of a, a much better season than people give him credit for. I think he's definitely improved. He's still, he's still, um, do, you know learning uh, how to play the game at Premier League level uh, and he, you know that time and space that that he's pro- perhaps used to given his previous experience isn't there anymore. And um, Dooney, I think a struggle a struggle this season but I think also that is again part of the partly down to the fact that the team struggled you know um the four, none of the forward players have really thrived have they because they've not seen that much of the ball in that in that area of the of the pitch. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, weren't they, earlier on in the season that uh, you, you know you'll you'll recall that season when Joe Hart was playing in goal and he didn't didn't particularly do anything wrong. Uh, but you know, the team wasn't performing as expected and they switched him out for Tom Heaton and it all came good again. Um, whether that whether that would happen again, I don't know, but I suppose we, we're we're We've bust already this season, haven't we? So it's we might as well twist on on both in both those areas of the pitch and just see what happens. Uh, if nothing else, it'll give us a bit of guidance towards what might happen next season. It might restore a bit of, a bit of a bit of pride if if it does have some sort of positive impacts on the rest of the team. Like like, like we keep saying, how will we know if we don't try it?
1: Yeah, and would it? I mean, you know, very diplomatic there from from Justin. I'm sure we're going to get a far less diplomatic answer from you, as is the uh, as is the normal way. Uh, I'm preparing that it's bullshit button again, but um, Justin's right, isn't it? You know, the season is bust. We might as well, you know, if it's a case of stick or twist for for Trafford and Amduni's own sanity, perhaps kind of you know giving him a rest we, you know we've talked about Trafford and we've we've gone through the Trafford versus Mirrich debate until we're blue in the face but Bournemouth at home kind of feels like the kind of game that a little bit of a tweak might bring about you know you're not up against Arsenal or City or something like that but it is almost one of them games you think given what happened last week where you you perhaps think that it's a safe or a safer option to tweak two fairly key areas don't you
2: you 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 would have thought in a in an earlier time perhaps, but I don't think any amount of tinkering and twatting about is gonna do much with this particular side. I mean, he might as well just, you know, channel his inner Neil uh, in a Warnock, you know, ask his wife what she dreamt about on Friday night <laughs> and um, bung Murich in the middle of the park. That would benefit us more than what we've been doing dicking about currently. <laughs> so I mean it's one of those though, isn't it? You can't you you can't basically draw that definitive line until we're down to start pissing about you can't say well let's just you know throw it all out and see what see what develops and play around but yeah i i, I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna start tweaking start you know start messing about then yeah do it and see see what comes out of it but i i don't think necessarily we've got any players waiting in the wings really to make that much of a difference mm-hmm.
1: Um, Chris I mean I know we've got obviously uh, Brownhill Josh Brownhill is going to be missing because of his sending off so there is going to be at least one enforced change you kind of expect that to be Cullen Um, I'm going to ask you probably the hardest question it's one we asked earlier in the season what will Vinny do I mean we're presuming it's going to be Cullen but given Vinny's track record of giving us a a surprise at uh, you know an hour before kickoff when the teams come out there could be a number of options
3: that he looks at couldn't there yeah, hundred percent. But I think Cullen's relative impact and you know the the urgency put into his performance at Palace, even in defeat, sort of flags him up as you know you know the likely candidate. I'd really like to see us sort of go back uh, to basics a little and throw throw Corky in there, thicken up the midfield, maybe play Cork and Cullen, as sort of a double pivot, and play Berger ahead of. Those, you know, add his sort of attacking instincts to the, uh, you know, just off the front really. And uh, like I say leave leave Am doing. I I think Am doing a better player than he. You know, he get he's getting credit for. He's mm-hmm. he's not shown us a great deal of his, his, his ability in recent weeks. But I think we've seen enough over the course of the season to see he's a gifted technical footballer. And uh, you know, he knows where he knows where the onion bag is, does he? Oh, he's proved that. You know, say with with ball in the Conference League, and uh, you know, his he's haul, you know, it's meagre, but it's <laughs> you know in a really struggling side. He's he's, he's done all right o- over the piece, I think. But older oh, bear, that you know, there's not what do you play uh, Brun Larsen and Goodmanson, you know, two two sort of you know more more workman like wide players perhaps, and uh, but yeah, and again, i, I it won't happen, but the goalkeeper needs needs leaving out for his own good, for our sanity. I just you know he he looks up as he plays the pass last week into 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 Brownhill, but not only is it a bad selection, it's you, you know the actual the actual pass itself is dreadful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's topped it and it's no, it's it's time for a rest, I think, and uh, you know let's let's see what what Murich can offer. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, again, I don't know,
1: Andy. You might be able to shed some light on this. I mean, the press, the bits of the press conference we see, I guess, is the, you know, it, it's the TV stuff, really. So you know, it kind of the the broadcast ends before we get to you guys. You know, you and Matt and various other people. But is there has anybody asked him about kind of Trafford? Does he get asked? I mean, we never, obviously, the club never put anything out about him defending Trafford, and the odd kind of after the game stuff he'll talk about you know he's young and he's developing it, does anybody does anybody ask him about Trafford or is does he give any clues away as to why he stuck with Trafford for as long as he has done given given you know certainly some recent performances I should say.
4: Yeah not not, not necessarily but he doesn't really speak about individuals. He likes mm. to talk about the collective a lot. So I mean I, I remember I asked him uh after one of Safford's really good performances um, you know, just about uh, it was after a match that one, but and and again, he sort of yeah, he, he sort of said yeah, you did well, but look at all the other ones who were doing well as well. I mean, Dice Dice had a tendency to do that a little bit. Dice would... <laughs> I always find Dice quite funny because you'd ask him about a certain player, and he'd list off all the other players he thought were really good, yeah. and then eventually we get to the player you'd asked about. Um, but I think I think it's just been been pretty obvious that he he seems pretty wedded to Trafford, and I think if there was a chance that he was going to make a change. I feel like it already already would have been. Um, we, we when we were chatting before. I think the the thing is with Safford is I think you can, I think in terms of the goalkeeping stuff, like stop uh, shot stopping and stuff. I think I think he's improved and I think you see the the development there. But I think the issue has always been with the ball at his feet. But you can get away with that because you know he wasn't the guilty party in a massive error. Now he has been, and now so that changes it a little bit because we're. Okay, if he was he was passing it all too slow or it was he was inviting pressure by taking too long, but it wasn't necessarily leading to a goal. Now he's been the main culprit for why, you know, okay, it wasn't a goal, but it was a red card. Um and you know, company was pretty adamant that, that was the the main reason he lost the game. Um so I think I think it has just been I mean, he always he always goes out of his way to to praise Murich and say, you know, what a what an excellent goalkeeper he is and which which is interesting because he always makes sure whenever he's talking about Trafford to say that we're you know we're blessed in the goalkeeping department and we've got both of them um there. But then there's never I, I don't think I've got I've never really got the sense that he's been ever been close. the, the only time where I thought he might was um the international break um when Murić got ill or yeah. or he, he missed it. he had to he had, in fact he had to go away with um he had to go away with, away early with Kosovo, didn't he? Because they had a, a qualifier or something, which was really... Yeah, it was one against Israel,
1: weren't it? Which was kind yeah. of on the... I can't remember yeah, which so... away game it was, weren't it? But he basically... Yeah,
4: it was Ars- Arsenal away, Arsenal, I think it was. was a, yeah. And the, there was a game in between that. And I thought that was probably the, the closest I felt where he had to make a change because I felt that Trafford, his confidence had gone. But the problem was is that because of that Arsenal game, he would have brought to for the game and then had to put Trafford back in, away at Arsenal. Yeah. And I just thought... I t- I don't know how you manage that situation um, and it not turn out worse than what it what it could be and and in the end Trafford has started to pick up but yeah it's it, it's a difficult one I think I think it's still you know it still baffles a little bit as to why exactly they thought a goalkeeper was one of the prime upgrades they needed um, and a, and a goalkeeper who who wasn't a, a dead set of you know, he's going to be a steady Eddie in the Premier League. And I, th- I think you can look across the board at Burnley's transfers and say, how many steady Eddies did he buy? Mm. And I think that's a large part of it. Because I think, you know, look at, if you look at Luton, you can, you sort sure of know, you're going to get six, seven out of tens from most of their team. I, I don't know with Burnley, that's the thing. It's, mm. you might get a, a, a good performance, but you might not. Um, and I think, I think you can look across the board at that. And I think it's, it, I think that's similar to Amduni really, because I think, as Bode said, you know, there's a there's a proper player in there and the problem is is that you see it for 10 minutes and then you might not see him for 10 minutes and then you see him for 10 minutes and then you don't see him for 10 minutes again and I I, I do think the season's you know, got caught up with him a little bit I do think there's a lot of tiredness tied to it and I, and I do wonder why he's not looked at a Cullen Brown-Hillberg midfield three because I think if you're looking for steady eddies looking for a foundation I think you can't that, that makes sense to me to do it yeah. like that and you know, because I think one of the things at Palace, one of the things I thought they really lacked was someone to come and get the ball deep and move it forward. Yeah. Because Brown and Berg were both getting on it, but they're moving it the sideways, and there was no real progression. So then the four, as as you say, the forward players felt anonymous because there was barely any balls playing up to them. So, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. I think I think the, the money they spent on Trafford, the the potentially seeing him, I think remains the reason. And the problem is, is once you drop him. How do you bring them back in? And I th- and I think if you if you view Trafford as the long term goalkeeper for Burnley, then it's a difficult one to manage, isn't it? But then equally, you do have to after sometimes just put what's good for the team right now ahead of. Uh, and and he sort of re- referred to this because he stopped. As He said, it's, "You know, it's about the collective now. It's about the team. It's not about individual developments at this point. It's about these last twelve games and and getting some getting what we need out of them." and so that makes you think, well, maybe he might he might be open to it, but and he may spring a surprise because you say you don't know what company's going to do at, for any team selection. But it, it does feel like he's wedded to Trafford, and um, and he, he certainly made sure he wasn't you know hanging him out to dry or anything post match because I asked him about Trafford, and you know he said I asked him you know will you talk to him what we how will you handle that and he said we'll talk to the collective because it's not a it's not an individual you know sort of situation it's well it was for that but it's a, it's a team thing um yeah. so it, it suggests that he's you know he's still very much the first choice rightly or wrongly yeah definitely and and one i'm, I'm just going to bring one thing in here and just
1: uh, again I, we'll come to you andy um to, to give us your insight but I, I noticed something earlier on uh samuel bastian's instagram because uh, I'm all over Instagram and, and following players and things like that, because I'm hip and cool and all that. But, um, mm. Justin, you might not have seen this, because I, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to throw Instagram into that it's-not-really-meant-for-me category. No, I am, um, me that stuff. <laughs> As you do. But it, it looks like... I was wondering why he'd not played very much in, in Turkey, but it looks like he's had a fairly major knee operation.
4: Uh, wow. He's,
1: he's got, like, a big recovery video. I'm just watching it now, where... You know he's got a lot of stitches and what looks like pins in his knee, and he's got like a, a brace on. But he's he's back in Burnley, uh, by the looks things. But right. again, it's another one of these. And like I say, I'm interested to get Andy's thoughts in a minute. But it, it's another one of those where we we're left in the dark over what's happening to our players, aren't we? I mean, we only found out about Foster because yeah, you know, he had an injury, and then Matt Williams apparently on commentary last week said, oh, it's a um. Uh, a hernia or a groin injury or something like that. But it, there's that feeling of, we talked about disconnecting the last question, but if we don't know what's happening with those players and we're just mm. finding out when, you know, they're putting out videos four months after they'd kind of, you know, disappeared off the face of the earth, seemingly. It, it does lead to that kind of, not conspiracy theories, but fans feeling a little bit let down by the club, doesn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it does. Uh, and I don't know why it's, it seems to be, it seems to be a new thing this season to me that, that you know, we don't find out that a player's injured until after he's had some kind of surgery. Um, and like you say, they post a picture of themselves in a hospital bed, you know, saying "I'm I, everything went well and I'm on the road to recovery now. Sometimes you don't even know that they're injured. And it's happened a few times this season, hasn't it? And yeah, I think it's obviously a, it's obviously a done on purpose, isn't it? It's obviously a policy they've got. I, I can't put my finger on why they might be doing it. I, the only reason I can think of is to so they don't give any information away to the opposition about what the team selection might be. But I don't. That doesn't seem to be making a great deal of difference either, does it? So uh, yeah, it, and and like you say, it, it kind of it kind of enforces this sense that there's a barrier between the club, the players, the staff, um, and the fans that is only getting thicker and only getting deeper and only getting more impenetrable. Um doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, don't, I've, I can't, I can't put my finger on why they're doing it. Um, they certainly seem to be getting a sense that, that that disconnect is happening I, as a, as a season ticket holder, obviously, and and as you as you may be, we get a lot of emails from the club asking what we think about various bits and pieces of of, of things that are going on. Um, I don't think that's the way to do it. I don't think reaching out to season ticket holders and asking them what they think the club should be doing is is the way forward. I think it, it should it should be pretty obvious what 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 they should be doing. Um, to rebuild the trust and the con- and the um, that that sort of sense of the contract between the club and the fans. Um, so yeah, it's 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 another thing to me that they're getting wrong this um this this sense that that it's it's the club and, and the fans and we're not all in it together. That's certainly the, the impression that they give me, and 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 I've seen lots of other fans saying that over the last sort of uh, ten months or so, you know since the end of last season
1: Yeah and Chris I know you know I, I've been in plenty of press conferences with you where you've asked Sean Dyche about players and you know you knew that when they were back on the grass they were still about three and a half months away from, from a first <laughs> team appearance but so all managers to a degree have kind of shielded them but, but some do it in different ways don't they I mean it does feel and I, I think I asked both Andy and and Matt Scrafton and, and maybe Kelvin earlier in the season, or, or at least a couple of them kind of, as anybody asked about, I think it was when Bayer was injured the first time and it was, yeah, we asked, and it just gets battered away. I mean, that's kind of as a journalist, what you know, you, you kind of need that information to kind of fill in the weeks, probably a bit like this week, where you know, there's no player interviews, you've not been able to catch anyone in the mix zone. You've you've you need that information to kind of feed the ecosystem, don't you?
3: oh definitely i say i mean it's yeah you know, harking back to the, the the old the old days but you know if you had a long term injury it was nice to sort of drop in on them every now and again and do like a progress report and you know like someone with an acl or you know something like that you could uh, you know i'm halfway through my my rehab things are going well sort of thing i'm looking forward to getting back helping the team sort of thing you know for a quiet you know, quiet midweeks. You know, it's a nice little, nice little piece the fans get to find out what's going on. But they've all done it, aren't they? I mean, I can remember Stan being, uh, you know, mischievous sometimes when you ask him about certain injuries. And uh, you know, you you you, you go back, like I say, Sean, you know, Sean, they were if, you know, if they weren't Dietz fit, or they, they were on the grass, or they were touch and go, weren't they? Something like that. It's, uh, it's. Yeah, we know in Kyle. We asked Owen Kyle too. We were blue in the face about Remco van der Schaff. Just the general situation. Where is he? Who is he? Why is he? When is he? And just never got anything. You know. And uh, but mm-hmm. the less that you're talking to sort of players and forming that bond and this, you know, we 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 bump into players is that because this parks. In a similar area at Gawthorpe and you'd have a chat with a few on the way in, or you'd see them after games, and you, you know you got to know them quite well, some, and you you have you know, have their phone numbers, and you might get a few snippets of information like that, and it's all sort of that's the it's the modern game. It's not just Burnley. I mean, it's uh, I can imagine I can imagine you don't get anything like that, you know, the big the big hitters, etc. But uh, it was one of those. You know, we, we we went away to pre-season under Steve Cottrell, and he wanted that bond between players and, and, and the press for them to trust us. And you know, he had to feel that you know criticism when criticism was due. I was I was like to do it in a you know, constructive manner. We're not sensationalists. We're not the News of the World sort of thing. But uh, you had to feel you were able to still, you know, criticise, but. Those players, the sort of the bonds we formed with them, you're know, really, you know, culminating in, you know, winning promotion at, at, at Wembley in 2009. And it really good bond with that. So Steve Caldwell and, uh, you know, Clark Carlisle, Duff or Wade Elliott, people like that. Great characters, great players. And uh, it just seems that those days are, you know, long gone. And it's it's a shame.
1: Yeah, and, and Woody, I mean, you know, you're you're further away than than any of us from from turf Moor, and you know, and like I say, we'll come to Andy in a second, but you don't get much from the club, do you? I mean, like if you were to look at the um, look at the club's website this week, you know, they've announced another exciting new partnership which we've not not touched upon with a sports leisure company I've never bloody heard of. But as soon as our our few, uh, it, shirts, it, they're all right. Are they all right? Yeah, all, all right. right. That's all right. Um, I should
2: have, have worn it. Yeah.
1: Our is at a golf tournament. I'm <laughs> sure he's spotting all the Taylor Wimpy or whatever they're called, uh, Paul <laughs> out there. But it's... It... Porco Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> But its it feels like, you know, all we get from the club is kind of, you know, we just seen before we came on air, Hannes Croix is the, the guy wheeled out to, to give us an inspirational quote about how, how his head never drops and he's he's ready for the fight and things like that. And I just wish that at some point all 11 at once were ready for the fight because I reckon we'd be really <laughs> good if they all had the same week to be ready right. for the fight. But do you feel kind of, you know, more disconnected because... You know there is, um, you know there, there is a lack of external Burnley stuff, notwithstanding kind of Andy's role at the Athletic and Matt at the Burnley Express, but that is about it, isn't it? You know, if you think about back in the day, we probably had a bit more of a vibrant, you know, media coverage, even when we were in the lower division. So if you were abroad, you had something to cling to. You know, I know you, you know, I know you, you sit there watching reruns of JJ Watt with Simon discussing Benny and Otz and things, but. <laughs> The club could do more, couldn't it? To to be, you know, to give us content. I mean, content is king, isn't
2: it? It has to do more. And it's it isn't just because I mean they can, yes, they can they can roll out the cute little videos every now and again, and it's it's pretty much all we've got. But with a very definition of what a community club is, we're nothing else than a community club. And they have to make that connection, whether they want to or not, because Burnley fans will try and make that connection irrespective. And I think it's more vital for an infinitely smaller club for the players to do what we've been talking about. And I think it's a huge mistake, especially with what we've seen with the turnover and the, the loss of so-called identity, et cetera, that we aren't trying to at least make amends for that with either better communication I mean, whether they got a a two-for-one deal on knee replacements at Burnley General, I've no idea, no idea. But the fact that we don't find out about this until we see this picture, it seems extremely odd, you know, especially in such a sparse mm-hmm. uh, environment for news about Burnley. We aren't sitting, we aren't getting, you know, Stories being told about his left, right and centre. There's literally nothing going on apart from one or two outlets. And so it seems a very, it seems a very odd thing to almost feel like it's a media lockdown in some which way, shape or form. So yeah, yeah we should be doing, we should be doing a lot better.
1: Definitely, and we passed over to Woody there because listeners might not know, but Woody was a a bit of an internet pioneer back in the day, running a very successful blog heralded by the Guardian on more than one occasion, a uh, sheet metal blog. So, I mean, if 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 Woody can get coverage and and it some national newspapers on sheet metal, Andy the club could probably do quite well to to kind of be a bit bit more. I don't know. Do, do you feel that they're as open as you want them to be? I mean, the athletic obviously does does a you know a brilliant job in terms of covering all the clubs they do. And I know you put some you know you did a really great piece about kind of you know where did it all go wrong. But do you feel that kind of that rapport that? that boards was talking about with players. I know we've both stood in mixed zones and been ignored by Jeff Hendrick on more than one occasion. <laughs> um, and I think it used to be Dan Black's mission yeah. <laughs> to try and get Jeff to stop and talk.
3: Um, Jason Shackle and- was the worst. Five, <laughs> <by a billion laughs> yeah. miles. The imaginary phone a... call up happened. Yeah. Phone would go to the air. Oh, sorry, I've just got to take this.
1: Sorry. Different excuse every week, weren't it, when we were still in the <laughs> wet? While, while I should say, whilst Chris was in the warm, kind of doing the glamour stuff while we were all stood outside. But how do you see, you know, I mean, in terms of your relationship with the club, obviously this week you'd ask the question about Vinny's future, and we're not asking you to kind of break any confidences. So there's clearly a line of communication there with the club, but... You know some of the kind of funner stuff you were perhaps doing last season. You know, you might say to me, "Well, look, it's because we were winning; it's easy to do. They're happy to put mm. players up." Have you noticed a shift in in terms of, you know, maybe because it's the Premier League, how much access you get, or kind of how willing the club are to open up opportunities for you?
4: I, th- I think the main thing for, for us has been um, last season for a lot of t- a lot of the time. Um, you know, a player was put up. Either before or after the manager, um, you know, around press conferences, and I think I think it was some of it was broadcast, wasn't it? But then, but it, it helped because you know, while it didn't need to be every game, and and we specifically said, you know, we, you don't need to put someone up every game because there's. it got to the point where we'd spoke to. I think it was. I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been, might have been Josh Brannell. We'd spoken to him like four times in like, not like a short frame of time. So it was like, well. You you get to the point where you have asked everything you can ask at that point to to one player. But um I think that that hasn't helped because that does help, you know, you know, build a bit of a relationship and they, they do get to know your face a little bit and and the more they do it, the more I don't know exactly, but you they might feel a little bit more relaxed and um, you know, say hello and you might have a little bit of a, a chat or whatever, or you can pick up on stuff that you spoke about in the past. Um because it was like I, I interviewed Josh Cullen recently, which was um Sort of the first time I'd had had much like a proper sit down with a player, um, in this season, and you know he was great, and I spoke to J Rod as well at the at the, uh, the community events, and it was it was really good to, to speak to them and they were great, and uh, you know both of them uh, were there last season. Obviously J Rod's been a bit longer, so I'd, I think you would have an face anyway. Um, so you know, you, but you can have a little bit of a chat, and and you know there is that sort of little bit of rapport there, but. Um, it's been less so this season that I'm not sure how much language barriers are, are sort of part of that because, you know, you, you, you've you gone from Burnley who had a very English core and a lot of English players to, a, you know, a club that has, has brought a lot of European, young European talent in and not all of them will know English. And it was the same as last season, you know, you know, Zorori and, and Benson, you know, bedded them in a little bit before, you know, they, they still sort of spoke to the press and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's 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 probably it's been less I think because of uh, you're not having that that's that sort of the every week you know you're you're gonna get the opportunity to speak to a player and and you know just get that that little bit of insight because I think that's that's the other thing Vinny can offer a certain insight from his perspective but it's different being in the dressing room and I when I spoke to to Colin you know it was you know it was a little bit different in, in in the way he saw it and um, you know the, the things he was saying. Um, so you know you do get that little bit of a different side, a little bit of a different insight, and um, you know some of the it does feel like the, You know the in, the insight and the access maybe has even just on socials has, has sort of reduced a little bit. I mean there was a lot of um sort of filming in you know as they were coming out to train and stuff like that. You know last you know just little bits and pieces, and but then you know sometimes that can reflect badly on a team that's that's you know perceived to be. Having fun, but isn't winning. Um, and I think that 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 you know that takes a a big precedence in it. It is it is how results are going on on and on, you know on the pitch mainly, and and that kind of that can affect the mood But I think and I referenced it in the piece that I wrote after Palace. I think the, the, there was a lot of cult cool heroes last year. Um, you know, you some of them, you know, you obviously had Barnsley you know, you had Nathan Teller you had Ian Mattson you had Taylor harwood Bellis. Um, and then you've even, you know, you had Zorori and Benson, and you know, there was a lot of players you know, the fans really related to. A lot to do with what they were doing on the pitch, of course. If a player scoring goals, the fans are probably going to like them more than if they're not scoring goals. And um, but you know, they, they felt like a real connection. And and you know, I know obviously you had the sort of the fist pumps and you know the cricket field and stuff like that. And um, that's obviously you're not going to do that if you're losing. But if you go through the squad this season and. You know, they haven't. If I don't think the supporters have been able to build those connections with, with many players, if if any, really. Um, yeah. you know, half the squad had songs last year. Um, you know, how many of them, how many of them got songs this year? You know, it's even that level of, just getting to know them. And one of them we did was was Kalyosho and uh, you know, performance based. I think was part of that. But you know, you, you could relate to him, and you could relate, you could see the the energy and the effort and and all that type of stuff. And and I, I just I feel like that connection sort of. Well, it, it isn't the same as it was last year, and I think there's loads of factors to, to factor into that. But from my point of view, I guess not being able to sort of get into, you know, asking them questions on a regular basis and, and sort of maybe getting a, a different side of an insight, you know, that that has you, you miss that a little bit when when you're trying to trying to paint the full picture. And I imagine it's the same for supporters because, as I say, there's only so so many times you can almost listen to to Vinny say you know, repeat what is a similar message. Um you want to, you know, you want the players who haven't played well on a, a on a Saturday, you want to hear what they you know, are they and, and I know the club can do it and the club have been doing it. But you do want to you want to get that different side of it, don't you? And what are you doing to change things? You know, what yeah. what's what's going on inside the dressing room, what's the mentality. So I think that there's an element to that, but yeah, it, it doesn't at the end of the day it doesn't help, and I don't think it's, I think it's the same for every football club. It doesn't help when you're not winning because mm. how do you put the right contents out and how do you get it the right tone so it doesn't just annoy everyone even more than the already are mm. because of results. Yeah, I
3: just like uh, Turkey with Amazon. <laughs> That's, problem, isn't it? That's what we're here for, isn't it? Talkies, missus, talking about shagging on the <laughs> All right, Come on, I'm eating my breakfast, man. <laughs>
1: it, is, it is a bit of a, it is a strange Talk one,
0: what, yeah. i wonder what i wonder what sean said about that i'd love to know <laughs>
1: what would sean say t-shirts still available from the building. um i mean justin you you i think you were one of the first to utter the kind of it doesn't feel like burnley and what andy said he's right you know i i didn't really think about that but if you think about it, everyone had a song last year didn't they you know they're mm-hmm. kind of you know uh, maybe aside from, uh, you know, Halil Dervisalogu, but everybody else pretty much had a song, didn't they? And this year it's a bit like, I've not heard a Dara song, I've not um, heard a...
3: I particularly you know, liked no. Ian, Ian. That was my favourite <laughs> last year. That's Ian. a
1: good one, is not it? Yeah. I was so good yeah. in
3: that. <laughs>
1: you know, the, the Burnley fans, are as original as ever. But it did feel like, you know, they were characters in this team, didn't you? I mean, look at, I mean, someone like Nathan Teller, I just, I just missed that. Energy, you don't get yeah. that energy, do you? And it's it's like Andy said, probably a lot of factors. And I'd, I'd, again, not really considered the language factor, but it is kind of you know post match, it tends to be Sander Berger or Josh Brownhill, do not it? They they t- tend to be the ones going up. Yeah. Do you think you'd feel more of a connection if you know I'm I'm trying to pick a you know somebody out who you know and Am Dooney came out after you know particularly good performance that he put in or whatever and kind of really tried to grab the bull by the horns and say, look, we're in a bit of a bad place, but we're working hard. You know, there's only so many of those kind of slightly patronising, condescending, all eyes no. on Bournemouth. And I noticed this week we didn't have one of those countdown tweets and maybe they're saving it for tomorrow. But what do you think would make it feel more Burnley um, this season? No. Is it purely results? Is it, you know, the club scaling back on stuff because they don't want to... Piss people off more. What what would make it more Burnley for you?
0: I don't know. It's a difficult question. I think I think Andy's absolutely right when he says the big problem is we're losing every game, aren't we? That's that's the big problem. It's very very difficult to to get get a message to before the fans that is isn't going to annoy people. But I think it's it's doubly worse than that because not only are we not performing very well, we're not performing very well in exactly the same ways every week. So it's like even that period that we talked about, you know, um, where where the form sort of seemed to improve a little bit in the sense that we were putting some performances in, it was always, we're not giving ourselves a chance in games because we're always giving away stupid goals and we can't defend set pieces and we're making silly individual mistakes. There's only so many times you can come out and sort of say, "Yeah, we need to get, we need to sort that out. We need to stop making these silly mistakes." I mean, he could have said that. He could have given almost the same press conference after after almost every game, couldn't he? In that period, yeah, we, you know, we're performing well. Um, I, I'm happy with the levels, but we just got to cut out these silly mistakes. We've got to we've got to defend set pieces better. We've got to make our set pieces more effective. At the, you know that that's been the real problem i think not only are we losing but we don't seem to be learning we don't seem to be putting these problems that are putting every game out of our reach before we even get into the opposition's half we're not we, we're not solving those problems we're not making those um we're, we're continuing to make those mistakes game after game after game so it, it's sort of a bit like i said last week you know what would they say if they came what what would what would I mean? I I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, we're working really hard. We're trying to we're trying to make it so that we're not making these mistakes. But then they go out and do it again, and they go out and do it again. They go and you know nobody really wants to hear that, do they? I don't. The, the way to get the connection back with the fans is to start. It's just is is for us to go to the ground on a, on a what is it a Sunday Sunday afternoon this week? Go to the ground. Watch him play entertaining entertaining football, put a shift in, score a couple of goals and don't concede any. We'll be right on side the next time that happens.
1: Um, would it? I mean, it's, it's as easy as that, isn't it? I mean, it's as easy
3: as <laughs>
1: not conceding goals. We, we all kind of refer back to Vinny the two statements, the Man City game is the worst we'll play all season. Yes. Hold <laughs> my beer. Uh, and the second bit was, oh, yeah, it, 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 knowing how to stop conceding goals is the easiest thing to do. But I mean, Andy and Justin are right, aren't they? In terms of, it's difficult to get the message in. But all we want is just a bit of a performance, isn't it? I think we'd all kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, certainly for our sanity, if we're recording again on Sunday night, (laughs) where we've not got 24 hours to digest and calm down, if it's a shocker-like Palace, uh, again, an Arsenal, I mean, Christ, we're going to be taking off air, aren't we? I
2: mean, yeah, you'd like to say it doesn't bear thinking about it, but it does, doesn't it? Because you know exactly that's what's going to happen. Uh, It's yeah I mean just um, we're not asking a lot just put just put just put an you know a modicum of effort in. That's it, you know. Uh, like we said, it all looks disjointed. they don't even look like they you know they even talk to each other, let alone us or you guys or you know no, fans etc. so I, I I don't hold out too much hope for this weekend.
1: Uh, And Chris, just to uh, before we kind of uh, wrap things up, I I want you just catch your mind back to all the Burnley managers you have dealt with. Who do you think would have the best chance of getting as a result on Sunday against Bournemouth? Just to just to kind of give you a bit of a tester before we uh, before we wrap up. Is it the is it the kind of the solidness of Sean (laughs) Dyche, the brute force, and you know the the fury of Stan Ternan? Who would get him Who would get this group of players firing? Is it Vinny? Is it Vinny?
3: <laughs> uh, it's you, the sort of uh, someone, someone at work was telling me today that Burnley should have gone for a Warnock type a while ago, and I'm just saying this 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 group is just so unsuited to that, uh, you know, that that, that type. Mm. It's like you know, you look at you look at Leeds going from uh. Yeah, you know, Bielsa to Allardyce. its just madness. <laughs> <Utter> madness. <laughs> uh, in, in whose right mind can someone concoct that plan? Yeah, you know, just uh, one minute you go into this—you uh, know—the the, this punishing, you know, brutal, uh, brutal training uh, you know that Bielsa put them through, and then you go into—you uh, know—can we take a, you know, can we organize ourselves for a for a free kick sort of thing? But it's. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Honest, honestly, honestly, and this goes against the grain, but someone like an Owen Coyle who would make him feel ten foot tall, and it's it still, I, I, do you know, I, I looked at a team from the 0-9-10 season, and I'm staggered, still staggered, that 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 group of players <laughs> they got thirty points that season, and if they'd have beaten Wigan either at home or away. Would have stayed up, and if they'd have won, you know, they had that group of group of home games against Wolves and Portsmouth and Blackburn etc. That they all lost. You know, we expected them to pick up a few more points in that. But what he got out of that group for you know, winning the first four home games, Mm -hmm. beating United, beating Everton, you know, the draw against Arsenal etc. Where they were were fabregast to death for half an hour and then uh, come back and do that, but. But listening to Duff all the other way, you know, he 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 just you know he, the 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 powers of uh, his enthusiasm, and uh, you know that that sort of thing. But I think he, he he'd have a job on his hands with this lot, to be honest. But.
1: Incredible, incredible. I wasn't expecting Owen Coyle oh. on the bingo card to come out. But, uh, we are still, um, I mean, Owen, we should say, has, has agreed to come to on the podcast at some point. We're just waiting for a, an opportune moment to, to bring him in. But it's its always interesting to hear uh, from But I agree with you, Chris, that, that the fact that that team got 30 points um, and this team, which has been assembled at, at quite great cost and probably will, you know, all individually will go on and, and do great things. It, you know might not even muster two-thirds of that is a slight worry but uh, we'll leave it there massive thanks to Andy for joining us and, and filling in for uh, more than ably for uh, for Simon. Um, don't forget if you do want your uh, from the BL end merchandise then the the link will be in the show notes but it's shop from the they are they are selling well they are looking good as well I have to say the new claret and blue mm-hmm. design that uh, Justin's mustered up due to popular demand has looked uh, looked good on a couple of uh, fans who have uh, tweeted in their pictures. Um, And don't forget, yeah, keep keep rating, reviewing. I think we're going to have a competition soon for the... the Uh, The best review uh, to get your thinking caps on how you can weave in retro Burnley players into a review. Uh, We might give away one of the T-shirts as well. But uh, certainly, you know, from a chart position, we've not been outside the top 100 UK soccer charts since our rant after the Arsenal game. So a couple of weeks inside that top 100. So thank you very much for your support. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. I always hate saying that because I know that when we come back round on Monday morning, we're all going to be miffed again. <laughs> Maybe the tide will turn. Maybe we will see Murrich in goal. Maybe we will see a Burnley win. Um, whatever you're doing, wherever you, you're watching, enjoy the game uh, and up the clarence. Watson. Wonderful...